Is it going to be nasty single malt scotch? <laughs> or is it going to be like amazing single malt? Irish whiskey, or I mean, that's what I'm, I'm torn, or like that, like that balconies you had. Yeah, the answer is no, so, maybe none of the above. I'm scared. I'm <laughs> dude, I'm yeah. Hello, and welcome everybody to episode 116 of the Mashup, the best bourbon conversation you're gonna hear all week long. We are your hosts, Anthony and Kenny. What's going on, fella? Hey, Anthony. Hey, Kenny. How you doing? How's it going? You just vibing? I'm What's just up? a little bit vibing over here. Dick and Arthur. Dick and Arthur. What's up, Kenny? What's up, Anthony? Oh, Ken Arthur. You are... Uh, Ken Arthur Millicent. That's uh, probably one of the greatest sock profiles in the history of sock profiles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one's got a lot of mileage, and it's good mileage, too. Very handsome young lad there with his mullet on that profile picture too that's right i you know he kind of looks like somebody i know but i'm not quite sure i think he's all his own on mm, that one there yeah you go. so what you've been up to lately man i was actually uh i was actually vacationing and i got a little bit of vacation hangover i know you made fun of me and said vacation too much but i will just say this real quickly when okay. i was down in south carolina usually i go on my normal bourbon hunt to the small stores in the bluffton uh uh, Beaufort, South Carolina area. And it was a very nice and pleasant trip this time. But as far as bourbon hunting goes, very bad. I mean, I kind of feel bad for those folks down there. I came across one store with Buffalo Trace product. Which product? Okay, Eagle Rare. Eagle Rare's. Um, 100 bucks. Uh, actually, more reasonable than you thought. It was 65 for Eagle Rare. And then when I said, uh, yeah, I'm not good. I'm not going to pay 65 on Eagle Rare. I turned around and said, uh, you got anything else? And she said, we got the Green Weller. I said, oh, the Green Weller. How much you get for that one? $91. Yeah. I was like, nope. I was like, and so I tried to do a little bit of bartering. I think I may have texted you about that. I, uh, no, I did not leave there with any Eagle Rare or Weller. But, you know, usually I buy something like I... Found that balconies down there the one time, and I thought that yeah. was really cool. Other uh, things like that, but um, I came up empty. So that was, uh, you know, vacation always good with family, a lot of good family time, but bourbon hunting no good. So how about you, sir? What, what have you been up to? Man, I have I've been good. I've had a few good little bourbon experiences. Sounds better than mine. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, we uh, we talked about that one last week. Um, just kind of hanging out with Mossick and a couple of golf guys. Yeah. Uh, this last week, I had a really cool experience. Okay. Um, got to hang with my boy Alves. So nice. I always love that. You yeah. Know? He's the best, one of the best, if not the best. Yeah. But hanging out with him, uh, doing a few Russell's picks. Oh, man. That's the Mecca. You're a turkey yeah. head. So you're like, you, that's met, a pilgrimage. Uh, yeah, I met, yeah. I met David Jennings, uh, the David Jennings, the DJ, the rarebird101.com. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're saying his name. I didn't know, but I know everybody knows who Rarebird Rare Bird, right, Rare man. Bird is. So it was awesome. Did a few uh, Russell's and Wild Turkey, Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit pick. Oh, nice. Um, it was really neat. It's kind of funny. Uh, there's, I guess, I ought to do a head count, but there was five or six other guys, four or five other guys on the, on the pick as well. Right. And a couple of them, it was funny. Um, we'd actually interacted through Facebook. We just didn't realize that before. <laughs> Some of the guys were like, "Hey, we actually did a transaction together." You yeah. Know? But uh, it was cool. Uh, and then Bo was on the pick. So, uh, oh, uh, the Bo. infamous Bo, uh, McGuntry Jenny, uh, McGuntry yeah. Gentry. Wild Turkey tour guy, Bo. Yeah, yeah. He was, he, was with their, he was their lead guitarist, right? Yeah, he's he's yeah. awesome. He's he's so cool, man. Yeah, 
No, I met him the one time at the gift shop when I was with you. You remember that? Mm-hmm. We stopped up through there, and I was like, hey, you might not. I told Bo, I said, you might not remember me. I said, but I messaged you on Instagram because I listened to him on another podcast, and yeah. I really liked his he story. He the nudes, man. And, yeah, he does. <laughs> come on. And so he, <laughs> he actually said he remembered me, no, which is nice. Know, yeah, right. yeah, it was nice yeah. of him. Yeah. Even though you're ruining my moment. He remembers stalkers. You know? He remembers the stalkers. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's cool. My Bo is really cool, man. Yeah, good no, guy. I had, so I had a great time, man. It was really cool. Um, went back to J-Hop afterwards, hung out a little bit, did some sipping and tasting, but... That's cool. It's always just... I mean, I've been on two turkey slash Russell's turkey picks, man. Uh, and they're just... They're awesome, man. Just the yeah. older Rick houses. Uh, Bruce was there. Um, just listening to the stories. Listening to Bruce talk is actually pretty cool. So Bruce was your pick liaison? Is that... Was he, he the was. guy doing it? That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And for those of you guys that don't know, Bruce is the third generation, right? Mm-hmm. And he's uh, Bruce, Bruce Russell. Is, Russell. He's uh, son of Eddie, grandson of Jimmy. Yeah. And he, I, I had him on a tour one time, I just which love is really cool. He's, him talk, he's a good just guy. Talking about his dad and his granddad. It's just, he, it's awesome. It's cool. It's yeah. Fun. Yeah. Well, Rarebird One Hundred One's like the mayor, the unofficial mayor of Wired. <laughs> so, Rarebird One Hundred One is like the unofficial mayor of Wild Turkey. Um, what was it like interacting with with him? I mean, because I read and I've watched and I've consumed a lot of the content he creates, and so I don't know if I was standing next to him in a in a Rick house. I don't know how that would be. Was that a good experience? Uh, it was. It was good. He's uh, very smart. Very. Um I'm trying to think of the right word. I don't have good words, you know. He was very astute. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just met me and, you know, first name. Like, I'm I'm in retail, and I'm yeah. horrible at names. Oh, that's, that's yeah. I'm a face guy, not names. But he's, remember my name, boom, 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 this, that. But just very, uh, very astute guy, very smart, um, really, really personable. I liked him. Nice, nice. It was great. We had uh, nine barrels that we tasted from, and we had to pick three. So it was it was uh, it was good. Do you know if time. they normally roll out nine barrels, or do they do that because Reverend was there and you were there and Alvis was there and other other nice good people in the community were there? Yeah, do you I mean, know? I mean, Bruce and Ryan grew up together, so they might get a little something. And okay. Reverend is Reverend is, but I, yeah. the thing is, I think since we're picking three, yeah. I think it's why there was nine. Okay. So I I'm pretty sure. I just wondered I if mean, you I'm getting a red carpet treatment up there. My, I mean, my guess from when I went to New Riff, I think we had four to five barrels to pick from. Okay. Buffalo Trace gives you, what, three? I think, yeah, BT so gives you three. My guess is the nine were because we ha- we were picking three that day. Right, okay. So I don't think it's nine usually for just one one barrel pick. Knob Creek sends you uh, four samples in a wooden box of stuff they don't want. No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, uh, I had a Knob Creek sample kit we picked for one of my local groups. Yeah. I think it was three, not four. Yeah, and they were all trash. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. Bad. No, I've heard that more often. I don't. Was trying, I wasn't trying to pick on Knob Creek while we were talking about barrel picks, but I've I've heard and experienced that. I got to do Knob Creek kit picks like twice, I think. And yeah. one there was a really good one in out of six. So yeah. yeah, one out of six. Come on, step it up. Don't just roll anything out over there. I think that they're using all their premium juice for the craft distilleries that are buying from them to make their own. You know. Chicken cock. Right, exactly. Special <laughs> Kentucky Senators, the chicken cocks, you all those guys. Watch out. Now that I said chicken cock, I'm not sure if I can reel it back in. Rare bird, chicken cock. What's the difference? <laughs> That's true. They're both birds. Yeah, right? so. There you go. <laughs> 
No, but he was really cool, man. Uh, really good guy. Well, I like to hear about the stuff and, and be a little bit jealous, but I think we'll, we'll be going on a barrel pick soon and we'll have to talk about that on another episode, mm. but it's, uh, we're going to be picking a barrel for, well, I'll wait. I'll wait to disclose that after we get a chance to pick it. So, yeah. um, but we're going to be doing that soon together. So then, then I'll have to annoy you. You're going to, you've never been on a barrel pick until you've been on one with me. But you've never been on one, right? I know. Well, have you? <laughs> no, yeah. I have. I've been on two. So, oh, you've been on two. Okay. Yeah, but they were they were at different places, which I, not, okay. they weren't the big guys. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. So, gotcha. yeah, but they're good experiences. So, we didn't have any new shout outs this week, um, and we'd like to remind our listening audience that you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, interact with us on social media, and we will give you a shout out the next time we record. But even though we don't have any shout outs. I think before we introduce this bottle, I have to highlight or give a shout out to the people who provided this bottle. So for the last few weeks, actually it's been about a month now, you've heard a ad that is read at the beginning of our podcast um, for bourbonoutfitter.com. And even though we've read that ad, I've not talked a whole lot about that partnership, but um, I wanted to quickly give a shout out to bourbonoutfitter.com because... They sent us the bottle that we'll be reviewing tonight, and they sent it to me completely. <laughs> I didn't even know that they were sending it. I basically got a message from their folks um, that said, we're sending you a bottle as sort of a welcome to the team type of thing, and we hope that you'll review it on your podcast. And so, <laughs> nice. So yeah, I was really excited about that, and um, we'll get to talking about the bottle here in a second, but I do want to take a moment to pause and acknowledge the packing job that they did and so some of you guys may have seen it took you about 20 minutes to the instagram that. video that i posted um and uh, you know they said that they packed their product well and they try to ship in a timely manner but i had no idea what i was in for so i won't mention other retailers and kenny you've ordered bourbon from an array of online retailers correct yeah and i'm not gonna uh, i'm not gonna mention that place yeah you don't either, have to mention the names he's, he's yeah. a nice guy yeah you don't need to mention but, oh names my here. gosh this is it's night and day difference on the packaging Right. So many places that I've ordered bourbon from in the past, um, I get a box that has a label on it that says fragile, fragile, if you... uh, Fragile. Fragile. Italian. Yeah, yeah, that wonderful stuff. Um, And usually it's very much like one layer of bubble wrap wrapped around the bottle. And And it's not even taped. Yeah, it's not even taped. It's just loose. The bubble wrap comes loose off the bottle. Yeah, loose in the box kind of thing. Luckily, I've not received anything damaged when I've ordered online, but I mean... I've not ordered enough. I know other people have received damaged bottles, but with uh, bourbonoutfitter.com, their shipping and their packaging was immaculate. So the bottle, which we'll get to here in a second, was actually wrapped about, I don't know how many times, with like a plastic wrap or saran wrap, like from top to bottom. And then it was also um, wrapped in a bubble wrap sleeve. And then also, what is that called? What are those bottle protectors called? They have a special name. Those are the, those little wine saver bags. Yes. I'm sorry, wine shippers. Wine shippers. So they you put the ba- bottle in that bag and you inflate it. And, and then around that was paper. <laughs> and so I can, you'll see, it is bomb-proof packaging. Like, I mean, Kenny, you ever seen packaging like that? Um, not from a retailer. Okay. From us... Uh, people in the community generates in the community that yeah. ship bottles to each other yeah. yes yeah we might do that one thing that was missing was like a little box of tic tacs or a box of 
nasty candy to give the yeah the, the, the little shaking sound, sound. Shake it, yeah. i often put like coffee beans in a little cup or something like that yeah, yeah i'm guilty of that and yeah. i've gotten stuff like that too so yeah kudos to them on the the pack job if um you get the opportunity to go to bourbon outfitter visit them and use code the mashup at checkout you can receive a special discount and i definitely think you should go check them out especially if you're on the look for some really rare and unique spirits yeah, and you'll want to check them out very soon. Um, I got a text today from my boy, Justin Sloan. Okay. One of the owners of J-Hob and right. the bourbonoutfitter.com. Right. They are going to be bottling the new batch two of the Blackwood Toasted Rye. Oh, man, you've had me. I've tried that over here, and that's some delicious <sighs> that batch stuff, Batch one, man. man, once I tasted it, I bought a case. Oh, God. That case is six. Just not a case. Not, oh, not it wasn't like a 12. 12. Not 12. Not 12. Not 12. Okay, so... But then, like, mm, about a month later, I bought another case. Right. So, yeah, I've got right. two cases of that, man. It's just, it's delicious. So, awesome. I'm excited to try batch two. So, Kenny, we actually have this wonderful bottle provided to us from Bourbon Outfitter, and it is called the JT Melick Louisiana Handcrafted Rice Whiskey. And this is a single barrel cask strength offering. And yeah, this is back-to-back weeks where I have not tried this ahead of time. So that's pretty cool. Right. So here comes the specs. So the distillery on this is, I think it's Frug Spirits or Fruge Spirits. I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name. Um, but it's they're out of Louisiana. The ABV on this is 61.25. The proof is 122.5. And the age is four plus years. But if you look on their website, they say that um, most of their spirits in a single barrel are five to six years old. Four half to five. So there you go. Yep. You got to correct me on that one. I don't know. But then here's the, no, here's the crazy part about this. The mash bill on this, near as we could tell, is 100% rice. Yeah. I mean, that is just... That immediately is throwing me off. Um, I've never heard of such a thing. I've heard of Jim Beam doing brown rice in their mash and stuff like that. I remember I've trying heard of like those the way back. Japanese rice whiskeys. And Japanese rice, but I've not seen ever. I've not seen American an American whiskey a rice whiskey. Like that, right? Yeah. And here's the kicker: the MSRP on this guy, even though I regret to inform all of you, is currently sold out on Bourbon Outfitter. It is a uh, sixty dollars. Right? That's wow. not. That's not super expensive. Man, so I've never had a rice whiskey. Isn't um, like sake? Isn't sake? I've had sake. Is, is that rice? It's actually sake rice. I, guess. I think that's fermented rice. It could be wrong. And if, yeah. we're, if I'm not right about that, I mean, yeah. this isn't the this isn't the uh, sake mashup. It's, yeah. it's a bourbon whiskey. <laughs> but I mean, this is this is this is interesting, man. This is wild. What's crazy is you know we've been delving lately into a lot of malted barley type stuff, right? Or just barley content, or you know, mm-hmm. we've we've had a lot of um, malted whiskeys. So now with rice, man, that's, rice. that's wild. Now we're definitely in uncharted territory. I definitely would say that. So with this bottle, what do you think about its presentation? I mean, it's a pretty eye-catching bottle. Yeah, no, it's uh, it is pretty. Um, it's tall, like a E.H. Taylor bottle, but it doesn't taper up. It's tall than just like flat. Yeah, and then you got the skinnier neck going up. Yeah, and and then it's got like this bottom that sort of protrudes out a little bit, like it's bigger. It bows than, out, yeah, it bows, it bows out. out the bottom. It kind of reminds me of a taller version of a Castle and Key bottle, a little bit. Yeah. Um, not so much in like that they have some grandiose topper or something like that, but the way the bottom fans out, mm-hmm. I think the bottom of that fans out. But it's um, 
I will say this. It's not the same shape as most bourbon bottles. I don't know that I've ever no. seen a bourbon bottle in this shape. Even though it's not bourbon, it's a whiskey. I like the label. You know, pretty color, a little blue and gold. Yep. Oh, was that a was that a crawfish on the label? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it is. That is a crawfish. Is... It's like a gold-embossed crawfish. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. And um, Interesting. So this is a tough one because usually I do a tiny bit of research, but because we wanted to be completely surprised by whatever um, we were sent, it was tough. We did a little bit of research on the fly, but near as I can tell, the reason why this bottle has the crawfish on it is because this distillery, not only do they grow rice in the marsh and use it to make spirits, but they also must farm crayfish. Is that what's going on there? Yeah, on their Crawl website. Dads. I said, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they actually farm crawfish and the rice. That's, uh, that's what, the 1800s or something? Yeah, something crazy like that. So Uncle Uncle John, that's why it's J.T. Millick, as uh, Uncle John is the guy who started all this. So I don't want to make this uh, episode all about um, Bourbon Outfitter, but I do want to go back to revisit that a little bit because even though I told you guys about how this bottle arrived and the packaging and everything like that, um, I wanted to briefly mention some more things about them. Okay, so they uh, are a online uh, purveyor of spirits and cigars and other things like that. But a lot of people online that see Bourbon Outfitter, they don't they immediately think that it's not legit. And the reason why they think it's not legit is because people were so used to seeing online um, spirit sales that are scammy in nature. And so the reason why I wanted to take a moment to mention a little bit about Bourbon Outfitter is because Bourbon Outfitter really is the online store or storefront of a larger group that includes Justin's House of Bourbon, which is a local you know, I would call almost legendary spirit store here in Lexington and Louisville, Kentucky. And they sort of just recently got into this online business over the last couple of years. And so I can assure you that we know the people that, that run Bourbon Outfitter. They're, they're great people. And they run a really nice website that offers you an array of different products. Now, Kenny... You told me. <laughs> He's making faces at me over say? there. Yeah, I'm nervous so what I was going to say. when we were approached about doing the partnership, and Steve and I were approached about doing this partnership with Bourbon Outfitter, you said, can I say what you said? Sure. Yeah. He said, your listeners are going to be like, what the heck are you promoting a site that has certain products, certain allocated products at very expensive prices. <laughs> you remember saying that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, I know that, right? But for example... Well, but I said... <laughs> no, I didn't say that exactly. You, well, you said something like that. I, I mean, we're dialoguing here, you know. Right. I okay. said, you know, because I, I love them. Like, literally, they're my people. Right, absolutely. I love them. Yeah, but I, I like said, them I would too. just do a small disclaimer right. regarding those highly allocated products to right. make people understand... Because I tell everybody, if they come to town, they've got to go to Justin's House of Bourbon. Right. Because you, Ryan, Caroline, Sloan, JT, all them really, really good palates. Super knowledgeable, great palates. And great connections. Right. Inside the industry. So they get presented good barrels. Exactly. It's like you talked about a minute ago, joking around, but it's kind of true. We get, I got, we got some crappy Knob Creek samples hit to us. Right. Well, I guarantee you when some big name guys go to Knob Creek, yep. they get presented the better barrels. Exactly. So, same thing when you go to Justin's House of Bourbon and now bourbonoutfitter.com and just get their single barrel picks. Right. They're literally at retail. 
and some of the best tasting picks that you'll have and from whatever expression that is. And that's kind of where I was going with this. And so while you might see a, a, a variant of Blanton's that you go, well, that price is outrageous, don't focus on that. What you need to focus on, I mean, you can focus on that if you can afford that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there well, are, there are people that can do, you know, that have that kind of like what is what do you call it? I call it fu money. Yeah, <laughs> you call it. They I call it professor do, money. Prof- oh come on, yeah, right. I wish. Um, but again, the stuff that that you just said, the picks that they have, and I mean, those are all priced at normal retail prices that you would yeah. pay. Um, they are amazing. I mean, I've. I went to Justin's like literally the first week they opened and bought a Knob Creek pick. And this is back when Knob Creek was, you know, putting out regularly. The picks were between 12, 12 and 15. 15 years old. Yeah. And I think it was a 12 or 13 year old pick. And I had other Knob Creek picks open at the time. Crushed them. I went home and opened that one and I, you know, had them all side by side. And I was like, man. You know, from mm-hmm. that point on. And so I've always purchased their barrel picks and I've always been a, a big supporter. So um, I just wanted to say that, you know, we're really proud and uh, to be partnering with them. And so definitely check them out. And yeah. now that we got this bottle to talk about in taste, I'm really, I'm really kind of nervous now. I'm, nervous, I'm like, bro. I've never I'm like had rice this. whiskey. I'm like, what have you done? So this is a really a test of that, that uh, you know, picking power and judgment that we just talked about, isn't it? Well, and uh, <laughs> a lot of our listeners, I don't know if they've heard me talk about previously, but I always do like... Uh, you know, warm up or starter bourbons. Yeah. You know, I typically go for my old force or 1910. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just gonna know how it's supposed to taste, how it's supposed to smell. You know, uh, I want to see if I've had something too, I might have had something too salty, too garlic. I figured out one time I had freaking COVID that way. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> yeah, this doesn't taste right. <laughs> Dude. You when know? I had COVID, I couldn't taste or smell so, anything. It was yeah, bad. But, uh, I've, so, you know, but tonight for us, we'll use a starter. Uh, I knew what it was. Anthony did not. Right. Uh, I was on Elijah Craig, pick by Justin's House of Bourbon. Oh, that was Justin's pick? 94 proof, regular, you know, logic 94 oh. proof pick. But dude, it was friggin' fire. It was, it was great. I'm In fact, you, I guess that it was older MGP and you guys know out there that some of the older MGP 10 year plus and even after finding out what it was, I was still kind of like, dang, I can't believe that's a Elijah yeah. Craig, 94 proof pick, world. right? Yeah. Yeah. So before we get into nosing this uh, rice whiskey. Bottle, I'm, just, I'm just looking at the label. It's got me mesmerized. That yeah, crawfish, dude. Yeah. No, it definitely has an attractive label. But the thing that's really throwing me off is like literally never heard of this before. And it says it's hand selected by Pop-Pop. Do you, do you know if Pop-Pop is somebody down in, in Louisiana or is this somebody with, with, with a J-Hop? I don't think anybody's Pop-Pop. I don't think it's J-Hop. with J-Hop, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We can do like a quick little phone a friend if he answers. Uh, oh, you gonna put somebody live on air? We've never done that I'm, before. Well, I'm gonna text them. I'm live. Who's you would who? have to take your uh, headphones off to talk. Yeah, I'm saying who is Pop Pop? Yeah, who's he's gonna be like? Oh, I guess you've uh, opened the package then, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kenny. Moments arrived here. Are you ready to go for some nosing? Yeah, let's let's, let's nose this because I've never had a rice whiskey like rice. This. Here, rice, rice, baby. This nose is like a bourbon. Yeah, it does. It's like, um, it's interesting because I can definitely pick up the ethanol pop on a nose. Like, it's definitely not um, tame at 122 proof, but it has like this really nice, subtle, sweet smell to it. It does. And I'd like to say it leans more on the vanilla side than it does on the, 
like any kind of caramel, if you're going to pick up any classic bourbon notes, but... I see the vanilla side or just a creamy side, too, like a creamy... Yeah, it's like a creamy sweetness that's almost like a, a bit of a frosting smell, but then there is something that after the... It's like something... Uh, pudding, bro. Is it pudding? Think about pudding versus frosting. No, I, I yeah, I like can get vanilla on, pudding. I can get on board with vanilla pudding. A little, a little snack pack. Yeah, but what's really interesting is the okay. So normally I wouldn't talk about the scent of the alcohol, right? Because most people aren't interested in knowing about the ethanol. But this has like you can definitely pick up the proofiness to it. But when you pick it up, it's like very much in the back of your nose, and it has like a different. It's not like a jet fuel burn. It's like a a nice, pleasant, even. I don't know how to explain it. It's just it it, it has like a it gives off a different aroma than a traditional bourbon. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's definitely more bourbon esque though. But right. It's not. It's still. It's definitely different though. You can tell. Do you pick up any of the actual rice? So, like, do you eat a lot of rice? Um, I do not. I mean, I've obviously eaten rice a bunch over the years, right. but I don't eat rice on the regular. Well, I had some rice today at lunch, as luck would have it, in the cafeteria. But the, the cafeteria sometimes over at the uh, local university that I work at doesn't do the best job with some of their food. And so... This doesn't, they, nose. This doesn't, doesn't smell like rice to me. Though. Yeah, no, no, wait. Well, here's where I'm going with this. This is all I'm picking up at all about rice. So they had a big pan of rice out, but the rice wasn't fully cooked. Mm-hmm. Right, so I didn't know that until I got it, but I could smell the rice, and when I say I could smell it, I could just smell the faintness of like what rice smells like when it's cooking, and I feel like that's right at the back of the end of this, just very slightly. It definitely could be, and I I do not have um, a great nose, that's for sure, because well, I'm you, always congested as crap. Hey, don't say anything negative about your nose. Your nose is nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows my papaw. There my you go. Nose. You get your papaw's nose. There you go. There you, and you know that when I moved. Speaking of, well, family. Yeah. I'm surprised my mom has not written a review. She oh, yeah. loves listening to us. Really? Like, loves it, loves it. Well, hello, mama. I'm glad yeah. that you listen to us and definitely give us a five-star review so we can give you a shout out next time we record. Yes. Yeah. But no. Um, talk about the amazing son of your... No, I'm just teasing. There you go. Talk about... Yeah, say my son is amazing and his friend is even more amazing. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Obviously, both of us being shocked about this being a rice-based mash bill. We looked up the JT Millick website and... We noticed that they actually have won, or how they started doing this was they, what do they produce first? They produce vodka. Vodka, right? Yeah. And so if you listen to, they have like a really nice video that populates when you go to their website, and it's their founder and owner who's talking about the traditions of his family, not uncommon in bourbon, right? Or any spirits to say like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, great, great grandson of the person that farmed this land. And that's fine, you know, but it's authentic. It feels very authentic. And the guy talks about how they were really motivated because he doesn't do anything halfway, but they're motivated to do something different. And knowing that there's not really a lot of rice-based spirits in the United States, he literally knew nothing about distilling. Mm-hmm. until he went to like some kind of vodka council and started distilling um, price-based vodka shortly after uh, the vodka that they produced, which he actually says himself he really likes to drink martinis, and when he tasted it with the vodka they produced, 
he was so shocked that he thought, how can we expand this? So they are out to be the best purveyor of rice-based spirits uh, in the United States. And so um, without a lot of competitors, I could just see how they would be going against a lot of the big guys. And so I'm really excited to taste this. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited, actually. Is it going to be nasty single malt scotch? (laughs) Or is it going to be like amazing single malt? Irish whiskey, or I mean, that's what I'm. I'm torn, or like that, like that balconies you had. Yeah, the answer is so, not, maybe none of the above. I'm scared. I'm, dude, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm literally torn. I don't know. All right, should we go in for the taste here? Let's do it, man. I'm. I'm actually nervous about this one. I, I am too because I'm. It's wondering, gonna sound weird, but I'm nervous. I'm nervous because what if uh, we don't like this, and then Bourbon Outfitters can be like, "Return to sender. You have to pay for the bottle, and we're pulling our partnership." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, here we go. Wow. One thing we forgot to mention earlier, they went from vodka. They started producing a few years ago just a regular JT Mellick whiskey. Yeah. I think it's 96 proof. Right. So this is a single barrel, which you did say earlier, but single barrel, 122 and a half proof. Right. So this is way more proofy than their normal offering. Right. And I will say this, um, first sip, that's very proofy. Um, it lit me up a little bit, but not necessarily in a bad way. There's a lot of flavors. I'm going to have to hit my second sip here to really give this a good analysis. I went in for a second one just now. Um, okay, here's what's wild. So we know this is four and a half, five years old. This right. is not hot, like young ethanol pop, like you right. get on some four to six year old MGP. This is Kentucky hug hot going down your chest and you're right. that hot. 100%. But not, it's not the young yeah. ethanol pop. If you blinded me with this, I would have guessed minimum eight to 10-year-old whiskey. Right. I was going to say. This is not. That's it's pretty wild. It doesn't. And here's the thing, okay? Before we start talking about predominant flavors here, I want to agree with you, Kenny. This is, when you taste young whiskey, I've said this a thousand times, young weeders, tastes like stale bread, sometimes like cardboard, because you're tasting the grain profile. Sometimes you get young bourbons that taste like green. grass. Grass and green. Moldy, right. yuck grass, right? So for this only being four to five years old and being at the proof it is and tasting like it does is kind of shocking to me. I mean, it really is shocking. And honestly, on first taste, vanilla pudding, bro. Yeah. Like, dead serious. Mm-hmm. The good part um, is it is not nasty scotch, so that's good. With single malt, not nasty you know what I'm scotch. saying? Like that's yeah. the thing I've and I've tried to like scotch, man. I've I've had honestly I've had some really great bourbon buddies that are big into scotch that have presented me with some really really premium scotches, and I still just that's just not my jam, man. Right? And that's just, I mean everybody's different, you know. So I'm not saying scotch is bad, but for me it's not good. Okay. So I think I've got it now. Um, so this is super interesting. So I will say this. <clears throat> I think that my predominant flavors that I'm getting, so you have to really follow me on this one because this is going down the rabbit hole now. You said vanilla pudding, okay, but there's a Greek style. You ever had rice pudding? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I don't know if this was something that was more... Americanized, or if it was something that was Greek from my upbringing, but my grandmother always used to make like a rice pudding and she'd sprinkle cinnamon on top of it. Okay. And what I'm tasting is similar to those flavors. So it's like a. The finish is cinnamony. 
milk-based. The finish. Right. The finish is cinnamon. I just so, got, I didn't get it on the first two sips. My right. third sip, I got it. A little bit of cinnamon. And it also has the upfront sweetness that almost presents a little bit like... Condensed cream or milk. Condensed cream or milk. Which like people a, put condensed milk in right. rice. Right. Like a sweetness to Were that. you really thinking that? Yeah. I'm serious. That's right, your mind. That's cool. I was thinking that's that the same way. because here's what I was thinking. Initially, I thought I was going to say like a regular caramel, but it's not caramel. It's like a sweetness of a condensed milk, which mimics the kind of flavors well, I'm you get pudding. It might be from more, rice pudding, but it might be more. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. It's it, what's wild about this is no, it's more vanilla forward, and so it's got like it. It's kind of it's kind of going all over the place for me. I kind of want this to open up more. And how I much was, was this? 60 bucks. <laughs> 60 bucks. 122 proof for $60 oh. that tastes like the wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow, wow. Think about a uh, again, I don't want to pick on certain brands, but there's a lot of 5-year-old cask strength juice that costs 80 to 90 bucks to 100 bucks. That is just hot to be hot. <laughs> it's all over the place. Yeah. So immature. All right, before I take his next drink, right. I'm going to go into this as if I'm being blinded with this, right? Okay. What am I, what's my thought process on this? Yep. So let's see. I want to hear it. This definitely tastes, I mean, eight-year-old, nine-year-old minimum. I don't know why. It, it tastes a little older, even though it's young. But also, when I, when I was going into it just fresh, fresh, acting like I'm trying to act like it's a blind, I picked up a slight twang on the very front. I'm not going to say vinegar-like, but a slight twang on the front maybe vinegar like i don't know um so definitely vanilla but a slight little because i'm just when i'm because i'm trying to go in blind i mean my mind is trying to go everywhere not just hey do i like it hey which distillery potentially because i'm you know trying to guess age-proof distillate right and uh i'm really i get a little twang on that still get the vanilla still get the cinnamon at the very end uh, but i did just notice a little sharpie kind of twang and I just associate it with maybe vinegar is what I associate it with, but that might be the wrong association on the front. I don't think so. I think if there's any um, youth to this, I think that's probably, do you remember at the beginning when I was talking about what my nosing was like and how I was catching something in the back that I said the alcohol okay. smells a yeah. little bit different than it normally would? Yeah. I hope that, you know, the good folks at this distillery aren't going to listen to this episode if they ever do and think, like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But I think about um, rice vinegar that's part of making sushi. yeah. And that smell is similar. So maybe what you're tasting might be not that far off. Right. And so maybe in 100% rice (laughs) grain, uh, if it's younger, or who knows, maybe that's just part of the flavor profile. That that has to be somewhere. I mean, rice is a high-starch content stuff, right? Yeah, uh, very high starch, um, incredibly high starch. Um, when I was reading on their website about something, they had the, I guess with the rice, you're converting the starches to sugars first and then sugars to alcohol. It's like a longer fermentation process or something okay. maybe. Well, that's what I was wondering. I didn't um, know how that fermentation process worked versus before when you're in, I, yeah. I, yeah, I wonder. Um, man. This is above my pay grade. <laughs> I think we don't know. And we've talked about, this, you know, rye develops as soonest. That's why distillers put out young ryes that can still be great tasting. You know, you put out a four-year-old rye is going to crush a four-year-old bourbon 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. Uh, wheat takes longer to develop. That's why young wheaters just aren't near as good as older wheaters usually. Yeah. Um, 
then we've been lately on a malted barley or a barley kick, you know, right. with, with the old Louisville pick, the rare character exceptionals, little book, those things. Yep. Malt takes a longer time to develop to just like wheat. I wonder what, I wonder how, <laughs> I wonder where rice falls <laughs> yeah, into this. And I was the thinking I, to myself too. Like, but the reason the I say it, this at four and a half, five years old right. to me is very good. Yep. So is this going to be a absolute crush bang killer at seven years old and eight years old as compared to five? See, I don't know. I'd love to I, know. I haven't any research. This is all, we're doing this fresh. We're doing yeah. this without any research. Exactly. This. And I will say this. Do you remember Beam when they did their Mastercraft series? Not it's before your time. Right? No, I, I don't actually, yet. man. Yeah. So um, interestingly enough, back in like maybe 2017, when you could still talk about online spirits, there's a place out of California I used to buy some stuff from because I couldn't find it here in Kentucky. And they had the whole Jim Beam Mastercraft series, which was like six or seven different experimental bourbons. They released in 375 bottles, something right. like that. And one of them was an eight-year-old brown rice whiskey. And I think that rice, brown rice, was right. a predominant grain or a flavoring grain in that whiskey. And it was only like, you know, classic beam. They, like, put those out at, like, uh, I don't know, 90 proof or something like that or 100 yeah. proof. They weren't very high proof. And I remember liking it enough. It was okay. And then since then, they've used the brown rice mash bill and... Basil Hayden's, I believe, that toasted as a brown rice mash bill. And the Little Book 6 has some brown rice in it. Uh, Little Book 6 has and 4 had brown rice in it. So, okay. But I remember thinking to myself... That I thought 6 had. 6 did, didn't six it? 6 did too, I think. Maybe, maybe. I'm no, not sure. did. no, 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 no. 6 was all the malted Malt. barley stuff. So, so what's 4 then? 4, four did have was it. 4. And I remember, I think... I didn't we, like 4, bro. Yeah, and a lot of people don't like 4. I didn't four. like 4. And so I think, and I don't remember particularly liking i think i made a joke about basil hayden because i think we did basil hayden toast and i said when they put the brown rice and stuff i don't seem to like it yeah so but that's a completely different thing than this because um obviously jim beams blended with other stuff and they're using flavoring grains this is apparently 100 percent rice so it's a different animal but it really makes me wonder and think about if this is something that again it's going to be the next thing like who else is doing this you know well all right, so we did the Rare Character Exceptional Series episode. Yep. I don't think we did. Did we do the eight-year on that episode, too? Yeah, we did the eight-year, too, right? Mm-hmm. So Parker's, because that, that Rare Character Exceptional is Heaven Hill sourced. Yep. So it's 65% malted barley, 35% corn. They released that Parker's eight-year you know, malted whiskey. It was not good. Right. The eight-year Rare Character Exceptional did not care for it at all. Okay. Nine year was remember how much better it was at nine and a half years instead of eight. Then the fourteen years just off. Which one was a low proof? Eleven. The eleven's a low proof. Yeah. But the nine and the fourteen. But that fourteen years like BTAC caliber man. Like yeah. WLW GTS just oh, oh my yeah. gosh amazing. Yeah. Well, but the eight year was not good at all. So just in an extra six years, it changed that much. I wonder. I don't know about rice. I don't know anything about it. I wonder yeah. if rice is going to do that same thing. We're all of a sudden holy crap at ten years old. Because at four and a half, five years old, this tastes great. I don't know if it's going to be like where it stays the same. Yeah. Or if it turns more vinegary as it gets older, or if it really becomes into something that's like the malted barley where it just opens up crazy oh. at that older age. I don't know. Well, hopefully they have some reserve stocks and they've had some, hopefully they're keeping stuff back. I'm sure they are. I mean, it seems like they are. So, so with all that being said, the moment of truth has arrived. Uh, Kenny, would you, sorry, would you pass, try, or buy on this? J.T. Millick single barrel cast strength 
rice whiskey. I'm going to kick this to you as I'll pour me another sample of this. Uh-oh, okay. And while you're doing that, and I'm talking, and you're probably going to just be like, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I'm actually, don't put the cork in that. I'm going to have some more, too. I think it'd be a good idea to have more. But here's where I'm at right now, okay? I have lamented in the past that I have tried whiskeys that I've paid much more than $60 for, and they've been terrible. <laughs> right. Okay? Yes. Um, I think I may have withheld this in a previous episode, but I'm just going to come out with it now, not to rake dirt on them or anything, but I remember spending $70 on a Bower Hill single barrel and literally having a pour out of it, a week later having a pour out of it, then on the third week I had a pour out of it, and we're talking one-ounce pours, and then I was like, that's it. I'm handing this to my neighbor for free <laughs> because yeah. it is not good. And unfortunately, I've had other experiences like that in bottles that are between $50 and $80. So knowing what I know about the folks that helped procure this and the fact that it tastes the way it does, I'm honestly going to recommend in my in-between a tri-plus. And the reason why I'm a tri-plus instead of an automatic buy is because I want to experience more of the catalog, right? They have lower proof stuff. They got other picks. They got other spirits to try. But I am thoroughly impressed with this. Um, I know that this was sent to us, but they one thing I did, I talked to Alvis and I said, I don't know what you sent me, and I'm really interested to see what you sent me. And he said, I think you're going to like it. Well, I do like it. And then after that, he said, you know, it's sold out right now on the website, but we're in talks to do more picks with them. So this will definitely be something that we have more of in the future. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, I hope it's something good because I'm going to, you know, hopefully going to buy it again. So I guess if, if they're picking the barrels and I have a chance to buy stuff in the future, I probably would, but you know, unless I'm saying try plus, which is a very high rating for me. Well, I am going to throw a complete curveball. Uh oh, here we go. That's what it's about. That's what we do. This might be the first time in mashup history here. Okay. All right. Here we Anthony, go. Anthony. Oh, geez. My clothes are on, right? Okay. <laughs> Where are we going with this? Close your eyes, my brother. Oh, God. Close okay. your eyes. All right. Uh oh. I'm going to blind you real quick. Uh oh. I'm getting blinded. Live on camera. Uh oh. Or not camera, but. Yeah, I know what you mean. So I'm covered my eyes here. You keep talking. And I'm waiting for Kenny to pour something. This is pretty exciting because Kenny's got some good whiskeys, but I'm waiting to see what he's pouring me here because I think that this is going to be something that's going to either push me what one direction or the other. Is that what you're trying to do, man? Yes, sir. Okay. You can still hear him because his voice probably being picked oh, okay. up by one of the mics here. Yeah, we can hear you. You're good. How many blinds you pouring now? All right, just one. Okay. You can open. All right, here we go. So do I have to taste this while you're giving me your assessment, or are you going to give the assessment while I'm tasting it here? Um, you are going to taste while I talk. There okay. We go. All, All right. right, so you're a tri-plus. Okay. Okay. So without knowing... Oh, well, you already, you already sip. Where are you at? Oh, yeah, I just took a sip. Okay. I don't know if it's just me just wanting something different because I'm just tired of the bombardment, I mean, of, you know... The big guys? Of the big guys, or the bombardment of, hey, here's a two-year Hardin's Creek for $120, <laughs> or, you know, here's another, 
six, seven year MGP finished in something that's only six, seven years old and it's $120 kind of stuff. Right. I'm a solid buy on this. Okay. Maybe just because I want something different. Right. Now, if the price was $79, $89, right. I'd be a try. Gotcha. So if that makes sense or not, but at, yeah, it does. But at the fifty nine, I'm a buy all day long. No, the price is great um, on this. And it, I guess once if it were to hit seventy nine eighty nine, I would be a try because once you hit the seventy nine eighty nine, you're back into my logic Craig barrel proof, you know, pricing point. Okay. And I just it just can't compete. I don't in general. I don't think. As much with, oh, like we talked about on the previous episode, some batches. Right. 2022 was not a good year. 2023 was great. 2021 was very good. 2020 was awesome. But at $59, to me, this is a buy, hands down buy um, for me. All right. So are you going to tell me what you did with this blind over here, what you're expecting here? Um, just what's your, would you pass try buy on that? On the one I'm sipping. I'm sipping right one? now, yeah. yeah. Let me see here. Well, um, and what's your I'm, flavor? What's or not flavor? What's some of your notes compared to that? Go back to the JT Mellet. Um, which one do you like better, worse? You know those kind of things. Well, you know what's interesting. Um, I'm assuming that this is more of a traditional bourbon that you poured in the left glass. I could be completely wrong. Uh, the oak is a little bit sharper. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's got good upfront flavors, but it's a little bit astringent. It's harsher and astringent. Harsh, right? Yeah, it's more harsh and astringent. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I was actually going to say that, like, I might be a tri-minus on this one. Like, right. And the only reason I'm saying tri-minus is because I don't think I like it. I haven't sipped the, the millet. Go back to the millet now that you've had that. Okay. And while you're doing that, what I'm going to say on this, so I was very uh, fortunate uh, enough to try probably 100 samples of okay. Marianne Eve's uh, Forbidden. Okay. Before she released Forbidden, you know, we we're basically going through our single barrels that she had. Uh, very fortunate. She's she's awesome. But uh, my oh, wife awesome, and I, man. yeah. So me, her, uh, Masik, my wife tried a ton of their samples. Okay. Um, her samples just to help kind of eliminate which ones you know might be might qualify for single barrel program, which ones are ready now. Blah 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 blah. Right. When I tasted this, it reminded me a lot of her Forbidden, not necessarily taste profile. But hers was uh, young, but right. did not taste young. You didn't get the green, right. the sharpness, the grass. That now hers is actually uh, a white uh, winter wheat. I remember hearing that. And think about wheat in general. I talked about it takes longer to develop. This right. was not like that at all. So hers was very soft. It was white. Uh, was it white corn and white wheat right, for right. hers? Yeah. Um, so white corn, white wheat. Very soft, especially be that young. So this here to me, like you said, you even said it a minute ago without me even was my thoughts, but you said it out loud. It doesn't have that sharpness, that harshness, even though it's younger. Yeah, and that's uh, this. That's why that, this kind of brought me to think, oh wow, forbidden from the standpoint of just younger but not sharp and harsh is really you know unique and good. Yeah. So between these two samples, I actually prefer the Melic over yeah. this. Yeah, okay. I'd love to know what you blinded me with now because now it's like uh, well, and that's uh, I just blinded you with a fifty nine dollar uh, new riff single barrel. Wow. Yeah. I like New Riff. Right, right. But I'm, I'm, this is... Uh, and this, I'm picking this over the New Riff. And the New Riff still tastes younger. Right. 
You're exactly oh, right. It's young and it tastes young. This does not taste young, even and though it's is young. And is this new riff a barrel pick, like it's somebody, like pick. a club did it or something? Um, A club as in Justin's House of Bourbon Club, yes. Oh, so this is J-Hob's J-Hob to J-Hob. New, well, J-Hob, new riff to... Now, this is not my number 6237, the best new riff ever. Um, blah, pick. blah, 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 whatever. That's right. <laughs> it's not my J-Hob 6237 barrel pick. But no, it's a, it's a, it's a J-Hob pick. Uh, it's very good for, you know, for no, new riff. it's but, good. This that's why I want you to take about a you know sixty dollar bottle and try them side by side. That's why I'm a definite buy on this JT Mellick. Yeah, you know what? After you've done this little shenanigan that you've done, now it's like yeah. I guess if we compare those two, um, and we can't compare it to everything you could buy at sixty dollars because there's a lot of good stuff at sixty dollars. But yeah, I'm uh yeah. I'm leaning more toward buying. Yeah, and but and I think almost, Tri Plus is a good place to be for you. I mean, yeah. I think Tri Plus is good. Yeah, and and here's the thing. This, I have to assume, was selected by, I have to imagine Pop-Pop as somebody at the distillery. And even if it's not, okay, if J-Hub has their hand in picking future picks that come from this distillery and they're available on bourbonoutfitter.com, yeah, yeah, that's going to be something that you're going to want to check out. Man. Because, um, you know, I will say this, the, the scariest part of all this is the fact that when we started this podcast, when when I sat down with Stephen and Michael, the number one thing that we don't like about podcasts, bourbon podcasts, is a lot of them are very rich in getting an endless supply of samples and other things that are sponsored from distilleries. I'm not saying that makes people to the point where they can't be objective, but this podcast is 100% self-funded in terms of the whiskey collections that we have, the people that we know, the guests that we have on, um, and the friends and that that participate in the show. And so we're in a unique position where we can give you honest reviews of whiskey with no frills. And um, that's exactly what this is. It's a really eye-opening experience to taste a 100% rice whiskey and like it. <laughs> yeah, because I was very nervous going into that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I thought it could be really, really bad. Yeah. It wasn't. It, it was really good. It turned out to, to be pretty good. So yeah. kudos to them. Yeah, so if you definitely see a single barrel, barrel proof, barrel strength one, you got to buy. I mean, you yeah. got to at least try yeah. plus it. Try it, but I would buy 100%. Yeah. I'm in. All right. I'm in. And with that, thanks for listening to this week's edition. Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Mashup KY. Also, let us know your thoughts on this bottle in the comments section. Until next time, keep it neat.